You're listening to the Beauty Me podcast, which is all about beauty without the BS. If you're interested in how the worlds of beauty and wellness are intertwined, or you're obsessed with daily rituals of skincare and self-care, or you just want to know the latest when it comes to new beauty, this is for you. I'm your host, Sharice Kenyon. This week's guest is pro makeup artist and content creator, Jonay Williamson. Jonay is from New Orleans, but she's living in New York. I think I first started following her in early 2020, I'd been struck by how she combines just beautiful glowing skin with like these amazing pops of color. And even this week, the past few weeks, I've been watching her on Instagram live and she's always creating things that are kind of unexpected, like a shimmery eyeliner or four different kind of rainbow colors on the eyes. And she always manages to make them work in this way that I could just never do. I wanted to ask Jenna on so that we could talk about how she's adjusted to being a usually busy makeup artist to having to be at home and adjusting to creating content on a very, very regular basis. I wanted to find out how growing up in New Orleans affected her aesthetic and how different that was to when she arrived in New York. And I also wanted to find out how she kind of approaches the face because when I have watched her on Instagram she kind of it's like she's seeing almost like a 3D map in front of her of her own face because she'll talk about mapping things out and I found it so intriguing and it's something that I would really like to master myself I hope you love it let me know I don't normally start at this point but I just thought I would ask you like for you how long did it take you to kind of get that craft of like knowing it's almost like a coloring book but without but without the lines it is. <laughs> it's weird because before I was even allowed to wear makeup like in high school I was in gifted art so I used to draw and sketch and paint murals so when I think about makeup I approach it as if I'm painting so like I want depth of color here and I want like the textures to overlay, like I think about textures and depth of color and like light. That's how I think about makeup. So when you approach it in that sense, you can kind of like have like a cheat sheet in your mind of like, I know I want to use these colors. So I want to lay this color down first so this color pops more, if that makes sense. It's kind of like you're creating from a blank canvas in your mind and layers. It does make, make it sense, work. but I'm like, I don't think my brain works that way because it, it's almost like maybe <laughs> when you look at a face, maybe your brain starts like mapping out areas. Do you know what I mean? That's that's Absolutely. amazing. Yeah, that's Absolutely. so cool. My mind is kind of crazy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> even when I'm working on set, like I can use the back of my hand and like imagine it's like an eye shape and think about where I want to place the color. So usually I'll have like a little eye on my hand. <laughs> You're a genius. (laughs) Right. So now we are going to go back to what I usually love to start with. Um, I know you've got a big mug of tea there. So I'd love to know what people do from the minute you wake up. I don't mean once you've got to the bathroom. I'm like, open your eyes. Tell me about your morning. This is bad. But the minute I wake up, I definitely check my phone. I check my emails and then I check my social because I work with a lot of people in the UK and 
nine times out of ten, I'm just waking up because they've been awake and they've emailed me or like they're reaching for me. I check those first and then reply or like actually in my mind think, okay, this is what I'm going to reply to. I put everything back on like unread. So then I go to the bathroom, brush my teeth, take a shower. I start my tea and then I get on the laptop and I start to reply to my emails and then I map out my run of show. I literally, <laughs> it's funny because I like to think of like creating content as like working on set where we have a run of show of like what we're going to capture today and what order we're going to film it. Just to make it feel like more of a process that's actually thought out instead of it being like, oh, I'm just going to come here and do this and then maybe I won't capture the content that I wanted to capture in the proper way. So like what I did yesterday was I'm going to do a live. And then from there, I want to capture a reel. I want to go outside and take pictures. So it's kind of giving myself like structure as an artist. Like there's this one book I read a long time ago. It's called How Artists Work. And it pretty much follows all of the great artists and like painting and writing throughout history, how they set up their daily routine. And it gives you kind of an insight on like, yeah, they actually had structure. Like, they knew this is the time they were going to eat. This is the time they would spend with family. Because as an artist and as a creative, you kind of miss that. Like, you miss having a structure of, like, being in a company, knowing what to do at certain times. And you kind of, like, you need that. As humans, we need that. <laughs> with that in mind, when the pandemic hit, for you, was it harder to have that routine in place? Oh, Yeah. So, like, for the first two months of the pandemic, well, firstly, before the pandemic hit, I primarily worked on set. So, it would be four days a week, 12 to 14 hour days working on set. And then I would have three days out of the week where I would work from home or, like, just catch up on paperwork and emails. So, I had that side of the structure. But to have all of these days come home... <laughs> <laughs> at first I was like okay what am I gonna do <laughs> play in some makeup work out cook it was like really fun but it came to a point like okay this is gonna be for a while I need to add in a little bit more structure and like give myself a schedule to get things done I was staying up until like four o'clock in the morning when the pandemic first hit Doing yeah what? 4 a.m and then I would sleep and still wake up at eight. <laughs> oh gosh yeah it was bad it's so my sleeping habits habits were really ridiculous. <laughs> it was kind of just like that whole what's well, what's the point? What's the rush? Everything just starts slipping, like the skincare, like so many people told me they switched to like showering in the afternoon because it's like <laughs> or like the evening. Oh my god. <laughs> just to back up a bit, because one of the things that struck me when I did start following you, I was like, you've got this glow but you also know kind of like the tricks to hide, you know, conceal things like if you have scarring and stuff. So I just want to talk about the skincare because you mentioned getting in the shower, but I'm like, are you someone, are you doing your skincare before you start your work or are you someone because of lockdown, you started doing your skincare a bit later in the day? Like talk me through that process. So skincare, skincare for me, definitely once I wash my face, I come in to my little beauty room. I have a beauty room. And I'll do, like, my little, like, toner if I have, like, any blemishes that are coming through. And then I'll do my name. Sometimes I'll do a face mask if 
I've worn a lot of makeup throughout the week. I'll mm-hmm. do my little earth mask where I'm like just sitting with my mask on as I'm doing these emails. I probably have it on for an hour, even though you say two words between it. Oh. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone follows directions with masks, right? Like we leave it on no. way longer. Than Unless it's it a clay one. I kind of like get scared because you know when you start feeling that yeah, tightness, same. it's like yeah. Exactly. It feels like it's gonna get stuck on your face. <laughs> yeah. Wash it off after the fifteen minutes. Yeah. So I'll usually do that and then I'll do like my face roller if I'm feeling puffy. Mm-hmm. I'll do my um actually have it here, my Velita skin food. <laughs> I have all my little products here. Okay. So my light Velita skin food, my eye balm and lip balm. And then I feel good. But I definitely have to have something on. Oh really? So makeup every day. It feels like too dry. Not makeup, but skincare. Right. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. feel kind of weird if my face feels too dry and tight. So I like to feel like balmy and moisturized. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely the first thing I do. Okay. And what kind of face wash do you like to use when you're prepping skin? So the cleanser I'm using right now is Islam's Cleansing Balm. I like it because it's like a five-in-one that they say. It's like exfoliating, cleansing, and removing make- makeup plus moisturizing. My skin loves it. Like, literally, when I added this to my routine with the muslin cloth, my skin stops breakouts. Like, mask me went away. I was deep in the mask me. <laughs> and ah. it's improved so much. Well, it's so funny that you say that because I've just, this week's episode is going to be all about um, cleansers. And Eve Lom is like my number one out of five um, because it was the first balm that everybody else has like done their version of, but that was the one with the little muslin cloth and, you know, getting it warm and kind of breathing in those oils. And you're so right. I think even if you have acne, maskne, hormonal acne, it's, it does everything without stripping your skin. Like it does not strip your skin. It doesn't leave you dry at all. So it's, it stood the test of time for a reason, I think. Yeah, I love it. It's worth every penny. <laughs> Seriously, I tell people yeah. if you have any kind of acne or skin issues, invest in it. And you probably won't need a lot of your other steps. Like, it's so good. <laughs> it's true because it does the it does the exfoliating, but that's purely because of, like, how gentle the cloth is. So everything is gentle, right. but everything comes off, like mascara, everything. Um, everything. So tell me, earlier on, you mentioned about before you were even allowed to wear makeup. So let's go all the way back to when you first kind of started getting curious. Who or what was it made you get into makeup? It's funny because my mom doesn't wear a lot of makeup. Like she literally just does mascara and lipstick. Most of the women in my family actually don't wear a lot of makeup. Okay, But I remember my first lip gloss. Like, that was a thing for me. In high school, I could all, wear all the lip glosses that I wanted to wear. So my first lip gloss was Ooh Baby from MAC, of course. <laughs> that was, like, one of my favorites. And Oyster Girl. Yes. And then from there, I could only wear makeup because I was a cheerleader. So we would have, like, little, like, glitter on our eyes and stuff like that. So that was my first introduction to wearing, like, eye makeup was wow. cheerleading. And I would do everybody's makeup, like, little paint on the eyes okay that was it <laughs> it's so you just took but me my back mom then. woman in my family don't wear makeup can I ask like where very natural so where is your mom from New Orleans my family everybody's originally from New Orleans wow. and they're still there I was just yeah. trying to um 
work out because in my family, on the West Indian side of my family, and when I talk about this with a lot of my friends on the from the West Indies, it's that their mums would only ever wear mascara and lipstick. That was their yeah. look going out. It was like a red lip and mascara. Somehow everything else just went out the window. <laughs> so I just but wondered. But they have beautiful skin. It's like you would think they have on foundation. <laughs> they don't wear any skin, anything. Skincare, even though. They don't do that. See, but they maybe like, that's the reason. I know, maybe. Because the, they don't put a lot of products on, so they don't have to do like a full routine. Yeah, there is yeah. an argument for that. I'm, I just finished writing an article about people giving up moisturizer and I spoke to a cosmetic scientist and she was just like, you're born with perfect skin when you're a baby. It's all the things that you start to do to your skin that affects it and makes it react. Um, That makes so much sense because we always say, how do men have such amazing skin? They're like washing their face with a towel. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> They'll probably do like a whole load of exfoliation with a dry towel. Body wash. <laughs> oh my god, body wash on the face. Yeah, but now they're being marketed too, so it's just. But yeah, it's so true. Men like my husband; he's got you know glowing skin. Some every now and then I'll give him the Paula's Choice, um, the BHA, the salicylic acid toner. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, yeah, he's fine. So tell me about these cheerleading looks. Like, what were you creating? And, yeah. like, and how old were you? I was, this was in high school. So I was 14, 15 when I first joined the cheerleading squad. And it was basically just, our colors were maroon and gold. So it would be like maroon and gold glitter. Wow. Like either just like across the eye or like just this eyeliner, just like a pop of like shimmer. But that was it with lip gloss. <laughs> it's very simple we didn't wear foundation it was just eyes and lip gloss I think lip gloss is like so the, the gateway gateway piece of makeup for most most young girls it's just, yeah the little juicy tubes the squeeze tubes yes. <laughs> but when you said oyster girl I was like I had oyster girl it's, <laughs> it's so mad but um so as you were growing up did you know that makeup did it click to you that makeup could be your future when you were doing makeup back then? No. So funny enough, I'm a nerd. Besides being a makeup artist and being into art, I was always a nerd. I was in gifted art, gifted science, advanced English. So I went on to college to study pre-med. So as I'm in my third year of pre-med, I had a job in the mall at like a fast food spot. And the guy, one of the guys that worked at Mac, so back then Mac had like theme days and it would come in with like literally like costume makeup and every day it was different. So one of the guys would always come and talk to me and I would like refill his drink. (laughs) (laughs) He would always tell me like, your makeup was so good. You need to come in and apply. And I'm like, I don't do makeup. Like I don't do other people's makeup. I just do my own makeup. (laughs) So I finally went in and applied and I got the job, but as a cashier, I probably was so nervous in my interview. Oh, wow. So I, I had to bring my friend to be my model and do her makeup from day to night. And then when I finally heard back from them, I was hired as a cashier. So I worked as, as a cashier at the Matt Conner in the Louisiana mall <laughs> for the first year. And then from there I progressed to an artist, but I didn't really think it could be a career 
until I like fell in love with it. And I still didn't know it was a career. I just fell in love with it and I knew I wanted to try it out. Like mm. I wanted to get clients. I wanted to work with women all the time. And this was something I could do and it didn't feel like work. Mm. <laughs> so from there, I literally just told my family, look, I'm going to graduate college still, but I think I want to be a makeup artist. <laughs> How did that go? <laughs> My parents were actually, my mom and my dad were both entrepreneurs, so they understood it. Like, they didn't care. They're like, okay, cool, whatever you want to do. My aunt, she was into like going to college. She went to the same college that I did. She's a, um, what do you, a guidance counselor. Okay. So when I first told her, she was like, what are you going to do? You're not going to at least go to nursing school. And I was like, well, it's a backup plan. I have all my credits if I want to go to an advanced nursing program, but. I was hopefully not ever needing that back of plan. <laughs> so I did graduate college, but I have a degree in arts and science, which is funny enough. <laughs> so when was the moment for you when you were like, I did the right thing? Like, can you remember what it felt like when you knew you'd done the right thing? I think I didn't have that moment until I moved to New York. So I started to do makeup in 2006 when I was working at Mac. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I graduated college. I went on to moved back to New Orleans. I was in college in Baton Rouge. Moved back home and I worked at a makeup counter again. But then I told myself that I didn't really like selling makeup. I would rather just like have clients outside of work. Mm -hmm. So I switched jobs and I had a bunch of clients. Maybe that's when the first time in New Orleans when like I really started to book so many weddings and I became really busy and like really sought after. And there was a group of makeup artists that were like known as like the makeup artists to be in New Orleans. Wow. And they asked me to join their team. It was called the Makeup Lab back then. And we all would just like do everybody's makeup for weddings, for all the balls, for like big events. And that was when I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm kind of good at this. <laughs> I can do this. But it wasn't until I moved to New York where I really took it serious as far as like working on set and really honing in on my style as an artist that's when it was like okay I'm a makeup artist this is what defines me this is what I want to be known for and I think every artist has that moment later because it takes a while to like experiment and really hone in and find what makes you you and what you want to put out into the world mm. and what would you say um to a makeup artist that is kind of on that road to trying to find out what their style is is it about repetition is it about trying different faces I would say it's definitely more so about different experiences so when I first moved to New York everybody wants to work in fashion right so I worked runway shows I had an amazing time with that I did like lookbook shoots I did fashion editorials but I realized that my style of makeup was really sought after for commercial clients because I have like this really clean skin and then vibrant pops of color whenever you need it. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just let my style guide me into where I needed to be in my career, if that makes sense. Yeah. So once I figured out, okay, this is where my style of makeup fits, then I can like really magnify my talents and really do things that I love. So from there experimenting really researching things different types of looks that you want to create and just do what really feels natural but also sometimes people that consume your content or your work and your artistry will kind of 
give you hints into what your style is. Yeah. So we get lots of DMs about like, oh my God, how did you do this skin? I would love to take this class and like how you do your skin. I'm like, mm. okay, so I'm known for skin. Okay, let's mm. get to know. Or like, how did you do this graphic liner? Like people really gravitated to me because of those types of looks. So that kind of became my signature thing. And it was also just what I love to do. So I was good at it. <laughs> <laughs> I really have to ask you about um, growing up in New Orleans because I'm English. All I ever know of New I'm dying to go there. But all I ever see is, you know, like Mardi Gras, you know, the colors, the costumes. That's all I know. Do you think growing up there had an effect on how you approached makeup? Absolutely. Growing up in New Orleans, I always say this is actually part of my body, well, just because I feel like it's so important. New Orleans is such an eclectic city that it kind of gets you to reach in and like find your creativity within yourself. So whether you're like into music, you're into writing, you're into the creative arts visually, it's a city that makes it okay to do that, if that makes sense. Because it's so many artists and it's filled, it's filled with so much culture that it's normal to want to be an artist. I love that. It just comes naturally. <laughs> so you moved from there to New York. What would you say are the key differences in how people approach beauty between those two places oh it's so different (laughs) (laughs) it's so different so I moved to New York primarily because I knew I wanted to work on set and in New Orleans there is not a lot of set life we get a lot of movies here and there but primarily it's like clients clients going to events clients in New Orleans want like very glam we call it a beat Mm -hmm. (laughs) a beat face right (laughs) so (laughs) <laughs> that's just what they want. They want like that Atlanta housewives kind of thing. And I was really good at that. But I also knew that I wanted to do these creative looks that people would probably think I was crazy for wanting to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> so in New York, New York is kind of like where you want to go if you want to be an innovator because they are more open to like creativity and like vibrant things and just different types of looks. It's where you go to innovate and like to follow the innovators and to like learn more about kind of driving the creativity and the art form, you know? Yeah. It's very different. (laughs) So just for the listeners, I want you to paint me a picture of a beat face. Like, is it, is it lashes? Is it everything? Give me a picture. Everything. So a beat face. You're going to need highlight, contour, snatch, right? <laughs> You're going to need full brows, probably with a little bit of concealer to make them really sharp. And then, of course, you're going to need some shadow, usually at least three colors. It's gonna, it's not minimal shadow. It's going to be in-your-face shadow. Right. It's going to be like a light lid, dark in the crease, smoky around the eye, definitely some lashes, very full lashes. Probably make glasses that are like really, you know, 3D. Yeah. <laughs> lots of like lots of highlighters and a bold lip. So a lip that has like nice lip liner around it, really sharp and precise. And it just kind of looks like beauty queen makeup. Like when you think about the South, you have to think big hair, extra glam, like more is more. Right. And do you think, <laughs> does that tend to shape 
growing up there as a female, do you think it can kind of shape girls to own to feel that they have to kind of be that vibrant, be that bold? Is like, are there any room for tomboys? Oh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I feel like it's funny enough because I'm probably considered a tomboy when I'm not wearing makeup. I have like two different personalities. <laughs> so there, there's days when I don't wear makeup and I'm always in sweat. And I grew up with a lot of boys because my brother, my older brother was like my best friend. Right. So there's like that side. And then there's the side of me that loves art and loves makeup. So I get like super glam. Mm. So I think it's room for both. But like whenever you go out as a woman in the South in New Orleans, you feel like you have to like bring it. Like you have to bring it. Like, when I moved to New York, the one thing that clicked in my mind was that New Yorkers don't wear a lot of makeup. No. So I could literally go out without eyeshadow, without lashes, and just wear, like, maybe a red lip or a nude lip or a gloss. In the South, you have to have a lashes. <laughs> you have to bring it. Oh my you have God. to bring in the beat. It's very, yeah. Nobody goes out without wearing lashes. It's like, are you okay? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't even know how to put them on anymore. Um, so... <laughs> Did you find it, was it a little bit freeing when you got to New York then that you could kind of like chill a bit? Yes, I think that's the whole reason why like I kind of um, honed in on like the natural beauty, like natural hair more, natural makeup and like fresh skin Mm. because I was able to like be comfortable and pull back a bit. Whereas like in the South, you're like always, your hair has to be super done up. Your makeup has to be super done up. Like there wasn't time for like, getting into your own natural beauty i wonder if lockdown has um changed that then i wonder if things might have changed there during this time being at home i wonder i, I hope wonder. so <laughs> putting lashes on for home i just can't i can't imagine it <laughs> so yeah. during this time have you found because obviously you are a content creator and you've mentioned like you try and you know be regimented about it but have you found that you've had extra time for just things for yourself? Like, you know, the self-care, taking time out, relaxation in general. Have you benefited in some way from having this time off? Of course, yeah. I feel like a lot of things that I kind of put on the back burner just from being in New York and New York always being like a go, go, go kind of city. I had like a list of things that I wanted to like dive into and like explore more. And I finally have time for those things. I finally have time to like actually work out and like make smoothies and <laughs> have a real kind of nutrition plan that stays steady. Because when you work in New York, it's like, okay, most of the time I'm going to be on set. And yes, they're going to like cater to my diet, but I'm going to be eating some crappy things. Like you're going to be snacking all day. Mm-hmm. And um, just having time for personal projects also. Okay. So, like, I've always wanted to get more into content creation, but I never had the time to. Like, I was always exhausted from working so much that, like, I would do, like, one video here, and it would be, like, two months later. It's, like, no consistency. So, it definitely gives you time to dive into, like, your creativity and your personal projects, which I really appreciate so much. I hate saying back to normal, but when you're, you know, back on set, do you think you're still going to want to take time out to do the content creation? Yeah, absolutely. I like it. I love it a lot. It makes me feel very like alive. 
Like when people say, what do you do to kind of unwind and to like calm your anxiety? For me, that's like doing makeup and creating looks. That makes me feel good. So definitely. So, but I do miss doing makeup on other people. I, I can't wait to get back to work. <laughs> that's what I wanted to ask you. What would you say? What is what is like the essence of what you miss from that interaction? Just a personal connection, like and actually talking. Like when you're a makeup artist, you're very intimate with your clients. You're like literally right here in their face. So you talk to them, you like get to know them on a personal level, and it just becomes like more of like the human connection is what I miss. Like really just interacting with people, and even when you work on set, if it's like the photographer that I'm like really good friends with and we just interact and laugh and, like joke and like listen to music and dance like I miss those moments like mm-hmm. the little things were you ever somebody that was really into self-care you know like the the concept of like just that taking extra time out because I think it's it's a phrase that gets used a lot and it can kind of be glamorized now, you know, self-care is taking a bubble bath with champagne and the bubble bath costs, you know, like $80. But were you ever somebody that did have, is it important to you to take those moments for yourself? Very important. It's always been super important for me. I, I'm a Libra, so I like balance. So I always am very conscious of when I'm not in balance. Right. And I'll take time to like figure out what's going on and really reset myself. So that's always been something that's been a big part of my life, whether it's meditation or journaling or just really taking time to do things that I love with myself. I could like sit down and have tea and watch my favorite show or listen to a podcast or I love poetry. So that's one thing that I really like sit back and read books. It's so funny because I haven't read a lot of books during the pandemic because I've been doing this content creation stuff. Mm, mm. But I used to do this thing where I would read one book a month mm. and just kind of push myself to really get back into that because I feel like reading books kind of takes you into another realm and it also helps you to learn more and more about different walks of life, different ways of thinking. And it's just something I truly appreciate. Like, turning the pages of a book I don't like digital books but yeah. I like the real books the physical <laughs> pages it's, it's so different yeah so I used to like read a book on the train and like just get through it in a month like I like that earlier on you mentioned about anxiety and in my head I was like Janae doesn't seem seem like somebody that would have because do you know what I mean I honestly I don't think I ever had anxiety until lockdown I think something happened where it was the lack of routine, but also when my work kind of started up again, it it became hard to manage. And I was like, what is that feeling that I've got in me? Um, So I just wondered, is that something that you've experienced a lot? Is it pandemic related? It just just got to me when you mentioned it, because I was like, you always seem you know, and that's the thing, seem, people seem, when you are on social media, you know, people can seem, yeah, so just tell me about that, is it something for you that you have to deal with, or? Well, for me, I actually didn't really experience anxiety until later in life, like adulthood, I think moving to New York had a lot to do with it, and also just having, like, a fast-paced life, having to balance things, and just feeling really anxious about getting things done, so for me, 
I always, I like, I love candles. Like whenever I'm in a moment where I might feel like I, I could get anxious, I light a candle and I just take in the scent because it kind of brings you back into the moment and grounds you. Mm-hmm. Like I have a candle burning right now. If I, I'm not nervous at all because I can, I can smell it. Like I'm just here, you know, we're in the moment. We're just here talking. Yeah. <laughs> it brings you back to like the ground level of things. So kind of finding that thing that can do that for you, whether it's a scent, whether it's a bracelet, those are the things that will help you throughout those moments of anxiety. But I feel like anxiety is a spectrum. Mm. Like there's moments where like you can have no anxiety for months and then you may go through a time where you're like super busy or you have some life changes coming about and you're going to get more anxious about it. So it's not something that I deal with on a daily basis, but I have moments of it. And those moments, I like to try to like balance it out. <laughs> it's that. okay. It's going to pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does pass. I think it's just when you're in it, you just that's all you can see and feel. So it's all you can see. Like, especially when I first started doing lives again, I was so anxious about doing it. I kept like announcing, okay, guys, I'm going to start doing a live. And then I would put you back. I think I noticed that a couple of times, but I would never have thought it was because of that. I think months and months so ago, I think I'd be like, oh, Janae's on. And then I'd be like, oh, I swear she was on live a second ago. <laughs> My first live, I think I was so anxious that I was like sweating. I'm like, okay, this is bad. <laughs> so I had to come up with something to help me with that. So now it's just like, okay, I'm on here talking with friends. Don't mm. be nervous. <laughs> oh, I think it's so cool. I think you mentioned earlier about consistency. And I think if you can focus on consistency, that's the thing that gets you through it. You know, yeah. I used to hate the sound of my own voice, and now I'm just like, it's okay. I've been I'm sixty odd episodes in. You have to get used to it now. Do you know what I mean? Um, right. But I wanted to ask you, who are your? Would you say when it comes to your makeup, your work? Obviously, we've talked about influences that have come from where you grew up. But is there anybody that's around now or more recently? Anyone that you take inspiration from when it comes to how you approach your work? Of course. Um, my friend Keisha Augustine has always been a huge influence on my career. Okay. When I talked about the makeup lab earlier from New Orleans, we're both from New Orleans. We moved to New York together, but I just love her style of makeup. Like, I think she does the most beautiful makeup, the most beautiful skin. And now she works for Pat McGrath, actually. She's amazing. If wow. you are not following her, please check her out. I'm going She's to very modest, to... but her work is amazing. Wow. Katie Jane Hughes, of course. She was one of the first makeup artists I ever assisted in New York. And she's just so humble and so sweet, but super talented. And I just love to see artists that are like at that point in their career, but they can still be very personable and very like loving towards other artists. Whereas like back in the day, that was not a thing. It was like, (laughs) you're an assistant. Don't try to like be not an assistant. (laughs) Wow. Do you think... um... But yeah. (laughs) Do you think social media has changed how the makeup world works a bit? Because in the past, when I've spoken to people, and I think even when I first met Katie, she had mentioned that sometimes people were like, oh, you're going to put that on Instagram. Like it was, and even um, Hung Van Gogh, I think Katie shared it on her stories the other day. I just Somebody... saw her post. 
like, how can you share our trade secrets? And I'm like, I feel like social media, there's kind of no secrets anymore. And that's not a bad thing because also I could have all of your secrets. You could even give me the same product and I will not, I can't create the same as you. I don't have your eye. I don't have your expertise. Um, I always say you can get the recipe, but it's not going to be the same sauce. <laughs> yeah so why is, ever come up the same. why the insecurity yeah. i was just like wow like i feel that's like that's how the beauty industry was for a long time so do you think social media changed it i think social media definitely changed it i think for one social media gave people that were free thinkers and wanted to share a platform to share and find people just like them whereas it kind of pushed the people that were like closed-minded to the back and they didn't like it. So it was like, oh, we're the free thinkers. We're going to create this and like innovate and find our tribe. And the tribe used to be the people that wanted to keep the secrets held and like the gatekeepers. It's mm. no longer gatekeepers anymore. <laughs> no, That thing doesn't exist. So it's like they wanted to keep that in place where it's like social media ended that. Yeah, if like, they're not getting with the social media time, they're just lost because <laughs> it's yeah. what's happening right now. It's the same for brands. It's like I do social media work outside of this and it's so clear when you meet a brand that's like really for it and then there's others and they're like, no, I I don't believe in it. And I'm like, <laughs> it's yeah. you know, <laughs> It's like you get on or you just accept that you're not going to access you know, that audience. Yeah, it's very true. Do you think, because obviously people talk a lot about Instagram makeup. Mm-hmm. So let's say somebody's great on Instagram. They can, you know, they can do all the looks. For you as a pro, would you say that they could easily go and work on someone's face? You know the, you know the people that literally it's only their face they work on day in, day out? Yeah. Do you think that they, for anyone no. listening, Janae is shaking her head. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to say no. I say that because, for one, to be a pro makeup artist and to work on other people, you have to hone those skills and really like take the time to learn what it takes to do another person's makeup. So I could, just speaking for example, if I wasn't a pro makeup artist, and you came to my Instagram and saw all of my beautiful looks and you wanted to hire me to do your makeup. I'm probably not going to even understand how to match your skin. I'm not going to understand what products to use to prep your skin because your skin is different than mine. And your eye shape is different than mine. So it's like you need those skills to like know what to do on someone else's face. You could look beautiful doing your own makeup because you've done it before. You have the products in front of you that you need to use. You know they work for you versus having a bag of goodies and saying, okay, what am I going to put on you and what's going to look best? <laughs> it's like the um, being able to select the right product and knowing what's going to work with another person's face is a skill level, which is why there are pro makeup artists. Mm. But also, that's one thing that a lot of pro makeup artists kind of feared when it came to creating content online was because you might be looked at as an Instagram makeup artist and right. people would wonder if you could do other people's makeup. Okay, okay. Yeah. But 
I also feel there's the other side to it, which again, that's why I talk about social media so much on here. I feel like you miss, you mentioned a connection that you form when you're working with somebody. And I definitely feel like even the way we communicate is changing a lot because of social media. And I can imagine, and I don't even mean it in a negative way, but many of those, let's call them Instagram makeup artists that are amazing in that own right. But many of them might not even have the communication skills or the confidence to ask the right questions. Um, no, it's very true. I've worked on set, like, even before I did content creation, I've worked on set with a lot of influencers. And sometimes they are very shy on set in front of the camera because it's other people in the room and people are watching them do what they do. So it's one thing to be with your camera by yourself being able to put on a show mm-hmm. versus having an audience. <laughs> it's yeah. very different to like know how to interact with people and have those social skills. That's something that I feel like the kids growing up, I hope they hone in more on like actually talking and like hanging out with people in real life when the pandemic is over, of course. But I feel like now it's such a digital world that people like in their phones and texting so much yeah. that they don't really communicate like we communicated back in the day. Like you really had to have social skills to have friends. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm hoping there'll be a return to it. I was literally listening to a podcast today by Alex Wolf, and she talks about how it's social media, but the communication is not there. It's very surface. Um, and I'm like, if you're going up for a job, Half the time, yes, somebody's going to remember what you created, but they're also going to remember you, how you made them laugh or how you listened to them, you know. Very true. So. It's about building relationships with jobs. Like, even with what I do, most of the jobs that I get come to referrals, they're referring me because they like me on set. Yeah. They love me as an artist, my style, but they also enjoy working with me. So that, that's what makes them remember and want to refer me to other people versus, oh, she was a good makeup artist. But, I mean, there's tons of good makeup artists. People want to work with you because they enjoy being around you. We're getting near the end now, but I just want to throw in an extra question. Mm-hmm. Are there any? Is there any advice that you could give to someone who is intent on being where you are, being on set, you know, in real life when we're able to? What would you say is that like a key piece of advice that you would give them on on working with people or no to be where you are a successful makeup artist? I would say definitely sit with yourself and decide what do I want to do with my career as a makeup artist. If I was a professional right now, what would I want to do? And figure out if it's available where you are or do you have to move? And what do those people who are already doing it, do they have a website or a portfolio, see what their work looks like and know what your work should look like to align with it? Because clients look for those same things when they're hiring people. They hire these certain people because they provide what's in this book. They have a visual to know this is what you can do. So you have to create a visual. And I say that because coming from New Orleans, there's so many talented makeup artists but they don't have the visual. They don't have a website. They don't have a portfolio, but they aspire to work 
and like on set and like those big jobs. Mm. And you kind of just have to have the things like you have to have a business card to show what you do. So, and then also reaching out to people to mentor you, whether it's being their assistant or just looking to them for advice, a virtual coffee date, but you kind of have to be tapped into what you want to do and know who's doing it best. It's the final question. Tell me, when do you feel the most you, like in your element? I feel the most me when I'm at home in sweatpants. As far as beauty, when I have a fresh set of box braids. I love braids. <laughs> I could wear braids every day of my life and not complain about it. <laughs> and then also when my skin just feels really fresh and glowy. I don't have to have on foundation, but as long as my skin is clear and it feels good and healthy, I feel amazing. Thanks so much for listening. You can find me on Instagram at Beauty Me Podcast and feel free to slide into the DMs. Do please like, subscribe and review. It really helps Beauty Me be seen.